Welcome to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, powered by Anchor. Any individual opinions expressed do not represent the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast in general. Coming up on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, our interview with Sarah Yoshida cosplayer Keshocho Cosplay from England. She'll tell us what she enjoys about cosplaying and tell us two of the cosplays that are the most important to her, including this one. She is someone who used to hide behind social norms and mm. be someone she didn't necessarily want to be, but knew she had to be. I can relate to that in a sense of when I was younger and like in school and college, I was very much like, you know, the reserved teacher's pet almost in terms of, you know, I always did my homework. I always showed up to class on time, if not earlier, right. <laughs> put in the extra hours for studying. And mm. I always used to be very afraid to be me. And since learning about cosplay and something that is very much what was out my comfort zone, like I've grown to become my own person and just be me and not someone people want me to be. Find out what popular character she's talking about coming up. Plus, I'll be joined by Neff Canuck to discuss how the current coronavirus outbreak is affecting Japan along with the usual odds and ends that make this the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. It all starts right now, here on... Extreme Anime Radio. the greatest city in the world broadcasting to fans of anime and the Japanese culture all around the world. Welcome to the first Extreme Anime Radio podcast for the month of March. It is Monday, March 2nd, 2020. An unusual Monday episode and uh, for those of you longtime fans of Extreme Anime Radio, you'll know that Monday was originally the air night for a show called Background Noise. And speaking of background noise, here's Mr. Background Noise himself, north of the border, Mr. Neff Canuck. Good evening. Although the way you said Mr. Background Noise, I'm like, wait a minute, does that mean I'm that low-level annoying sound that you can't get rid of in your ear? <laughs> exactly my point. <laughs> Yucks. That's my, that's, that's my impression anyway. Oh, dear. How go things in uh, the greatest city of the world? Uh, the greatest city in the world is kind of mild. I think uh, the premonitions of Mr. Groundhog in Pennsylvania are kind of true. We're getting an early spring. It's going to be uh, 
quite mild for early March uh, all week long, I understand. Well, careful, because this time of year, Mother Nature likes to go, here's a taste of spring. Yoink! And then pull it back with much violence. <laughs> yes, and uh, I'm glad that both you and I kind of avoided uh, uh, that little area of western New York that sits between where we live, where in the last few days, I think uh, they had enough snow that they can keep the ski resorts open until August. Oh, you mean the area with that football team that, you know, every so often, you know, pops out of the ground and then just sort of like falls there and just lays there and dies? <laughs> oh, the good old Buffalo Bills, are they that bad? <laughs> well, it's like, wait a minute, they're signs of life. Whack. And there comes the Amtrak flattening them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, that was, uh, it was interesting to see how people survived uh, that, uh, I heard some like three or four feet. Well, actually, in Buffalo, that's a mild spring day. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, we haven't even gotten around to CFL yet, because that'll come up real soon. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this. The XFL, I've poked it, poked into it a little bit and gone, no, 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 no. Not a fan of those kickoffs. It's not only that. It's that they mic absolutely everything, and I'm going... There are certain things I didn't need to hear during a football game. I'm sorry. Yeah, they 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 mic'd up the uh, the replay official, the referee, you know, everybody. Yeah, and when the coach is saying things like, "Why did you do that?" No, 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 and you're going, you realize your player's going to eventually hear that, right? Yes. At some point, and I'm going, yeah. "Oh dear, that's not going to end well." Goodness gracious. I didn't even know coaches were, you know, they put it during the live broadcast. That's something the NFL is like, uh, you know, would kibosh right away. I was going to say there are multiple NFL coaches anyway where it's like you wouldn't want them live mic'd because basically all you would hear is bleep during the entire time the mic was hot. Then, of course, if it's Bill Belichick, all you'd hear is yeah, dead silence. <laughs> You know, of course, he'll, he'll just walk around and just point, and that's basically it. Lower and, you know, put up his hoodie. <laughs> As you've heard in the beginning of the broadcast, these are the odds and ends that make up the XAR podcast. The Extreme Anime Radio podcast is available on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash anime radio. Also available on a variety of podcast platforms, including Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, and uh, several others. If you want a list, I can call them up and tell you next time. Just search on your favorite podcast platform for the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. We have our interview with Kesho Cho Cosplay, unless you've already heard it, because we've actually released that interview on the podcast feed a little earlier. We're going to be playing that interview here on our live show in a little while. We're also going to be doing a taste test because I have another Baksu, and it's Mochi Madness, as I announced on an Instagram post not too long ago. Uh, I've already had a few of the snacks, but I'm going to be trying another snack or two uh, during tonight's broadcast. But um, before we get to all that, um, a very serious situation that we started to touch on the last time we spoke, Neff, a few days ago, uh, when we did the podcast uh, last Thursday, um, this global concern 
over the uh, coronavirus outbreak um, is now affecting major countries, including uh, obviously China, but now also South Korea, also Italy, also Iran, and also a part of Japan. There's been a, a bit of an outbreak in Hokkaido. Um, the governor of Hokkaido has announced an emergency um, for Hokkaido Prefecture. He wants everybody to basically stay indoors as much as possible for the next two weeks. Uh, Neff, uh, what are your thoughts and what have you heard from the grapevine with regards to uh, Japan and the coronavirus outbreak? Well, I mean, it's also affecting things in ways that we wouldn't quite think of it. For example, there's been a run on certain supplies in Japan, some of which are domestically produced. So people are going, why are you making, you know, this giant hoarding expedition for these things when they're available? It's not like you have to get them out of the country. So I, I looked at that and I said, yeah, you're probably right. And I said, you know, in my own mind, I said, okay, there have been some confirmed cases in my neck of the woods, but I'm not too worried that, you know, the hoarding is going to start. Needless to say, Twitter proved me wrong not less than two minutes later when I posted that. There are shelves in local stores where certain supplies are being ransacked. Oh, no. So so we're talking uh, hand sanitizers and masks and that sort of thing? Yeah, we're talking about other supplies made of paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all, all I'll say is, there's a reason I enjoy Costco. <laughs> so I'm set for whatever's coming. Wow. Well, yeah, mm. you, your apartment is kind of like an anime bunker, basically. Yes, basically, if necessary, I could probably hunker down for about two weeks. <laughs> the fact that I have to go into a germ factory every day for the next couple of days is probably like playing Russian roulette with a loaded gun. But hey, mm. you only live once, right? <laughs> hear ya, hear ya. Um, now, uh, the Japanese government has also requested that um, public events be canceled or postponed or scaled back. I believe on the last show we talked about sporting events that were being canceled or postponed. Since we were uh, recording the last podcast, uh, the official word came in from the Japan Sumo Association uh, the Grand Sumo Tournament that's starting later in March is going to be without spectators. Well, that's hopefully going to make sure that none of the competitors at least are exposed. Exactly. But uh, there there are other you know countries that are doing similar things, uh, including Switzerland, who have basically canceled a couple of uh, ice hockey tournaments for fear of you know spreading the disease and passing some rather weird laws. Weird laws I mean just recently. Yes. For example, weird law. You cannot have a, a gathering of more than 1,000 people in an attempt to halt the spread of the virus. Uh-oh. Okay, 1,000. So you mean 999, it doesn't matter. You'll be safe, right? Hmm. Just no. Well, the oh. Galaxy Express will take you on a journey. Nine nine oh no. Okay. I, I was waiting for that. Sorry. You know? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's quite all right. I walked into it quite willingly. Bear trap. Ow. <laughs> so if if they were to have like a uh, a local hockey game with a 
a maximum capacity of 986 people, they could do it. Yeah, if they had a if they had a building that small, but generally they don't have buildings that small uh, <laughs> these days. I mean, it, it, long long are those days gone? I'm afraid. Yeah, but uh, a lot of other places are already taking precautions. Uh, a lot of the airlines, uh, the major airlines, are issuing travel waivers uh, for certain countries, and some of the U.S. airlines are even starting to allow people who book travel in the next two weeks. Whether it's uh, a non-refundable cheapo fare or a fully refundable fare, they usually charge you a change fee when you change your flight. Now they're going to let you change your flight for free and cancel your flight without any penalties if necessary. Well, considering there are multiple countries now that are restricting incoming flights from other countries, Mm -hmm. oddly enough, including from the U.S., there actually are a couple of countries that have said, nope, you're not coming in here. From, From the U.S.? Yep. Uh-oh. Yeah, so it's it's getting to be a little bit panicky, I think. Although, oddly enough, you are flying when you fly on a pressurized germ tube, as I like to call it. Basically. <laughs> yeah, so it's like I could see why people would suddenly go, "You know what? No, 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 no. I'm going to I'm going to stay right here. Thank you very much." Now, we know the situation could change at a moment's notice. But as of uh, the evening we're recording this, March 2nd, 2020, right now, Japan has uh, no significant travel warnings uh, compared to other countries that are currently the most affected. Uh, For example, major countries such as the U.S., Canada, U.K., Australia, New Zealand, and a few more. Uh, With regards to Japan, they are only suggesting people to exercise additional precautions uh, for their health or what they call enhanced precautions. Um, A few others, such as the U.S., are suggesting that if you are an elderly person or if you have a uh, chronic or pre-existing health condition, you may wish to defer non-essential travel to Japan at this time. Otherwise, most of these countries are saying, Practice enhanced health precautions, but that's all they're saying about Japan, not like other countries where they're saying reconsider all travel or just don't travel at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, the, the problem is, too, that a lot of these precautions, they work if you do them properly. See, even the basic one of washing your hands, when you see how they expect you to wash your hands and you realize how you actually do it, you're like, yeah, I'm not even close to what they're recommending. Yes. I mean, if you go by the guidelines set by our our wonderful public health agency, the Centers for Disease Control, uh, the de facto public health um, body of the U.S., they recommend washing your hands with soap and water for 20 seconds at least. I'm sure most of us don't even wash it for half that amount of time i I was going to say anybody who washes it more than 10 seconds is either uh very cautious or me mainly because it takes me that long (laughs) (laughs) but uh right now yeah they're they're saying uh, practice enhanced health precautions be very careful when uh you sneeze 
Um, and if you feel like you may have any symptoms of the coronavirus to consult your health professional, uh, they include a fever combined with uh, respiratory symptoms, including a cough and or trouble breathing. And of course, if you have been to or may have been close to somebody who had visited an affected region in the last two or three weeks, um, you know, just to look out for that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and going back to Japan for a second, other things that are affected that you wouldn't normally think of? Anime production. Oh, yes. For a number of reasons, one of which is the outsourcing of some uh, anime to other countries that are more affected, such as China, others for the effects in Japan. So if you look up delays in anime in Japan right now, you will find actually a list of anime that are either delayed and or pushed back for some time. And uh, a major cosplay event also got shut down as well, again, because of the fears of many people in an enclosed pl- enclosed place. One or two who may have the virus, would it would literally, you know, mushroom, for lack of a better term. Exactly. So, but what they're also doing with the sumo tournament, uh, they want to try to make sure none of the wrestlers get infected. And they did even say for the sumo tournament that if um, you know if one wrestler were to get infected, they would close the tournament down. Mm. Yeah, because in the, in that in that tight a confine with that you know that type of event, it would be very easy to transmit the virus unintentionally. Yeah, I cut you off now. What else were you saying? Um. I don't know. I think my brain just sort of went went somewhere, and you just <laughs> threw it off the cliff. That's no. okay. But I remember, Neff, uh, that you had showed me a list from a blog the other day about a list of places that were closed in Tokyo, major cities, because a lot of the major sites are being closed for the next few weeks. Tokyo Skytree, uh, part of Tokyo Tower, I think, uh, is also being shut down. We also uh, we already announced the Ghibli Museum is closing, um, so there is a blog, and I have to look it up because I don't have it on my hand right now. Uh, but um, it lists the places that are closed, and uh, conversely, also lists places you could visit that are open. Mm. Now that would be helpful. Uh, I'm just looking at the anime here because I know I have I have a list of anime here that have been either uh, delayed by an episode or two or they basically had to say okay we have to you know shut it down and wait mm. uh a3 uh anime has been delayed until april uh what else has been delayed let's see Astero- asteroid in love uh which is delayed uh by a week and let's see what else has been um a certain scientific railgun oh, wow. uh, seventh episode uh, would be delayed uh, and a couple of others. So, like I said, if you are a fan of the current anime season and the season to come, you may unfortunately uh, be subject to some delay uh, because, again, public health uh, trumps all, you know, when it comes to this sort of thing. So, right. I'm hopeful that uh, if I'm going to head to Japan later in the year, that the uh, uh, the worst of the coronavirus will be over by then. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, they'll be able to figure out ways to treat people. I know they're still trying to fine-tune the science, um, at least here in the U.S., with regards to trying to detect the coronavirus in people, but I hope that uh, 
you know, this uh, what's short of a pandemic right now almost uh, gets uh, rectified very quickly. And we hope that uh, people uh, all over the world affected will be able to get through it. Yeah, and the, the ironic part is one of the countries that is affected, I'm expecting uh, a couple people from that country uh, later on in March uh, for a family issue. And, yeah, I'm looking at the calendar, looking at this, and I'm going, this might not happen the way it's supposed to. Oh, boy. Yeah. I think, you know, just like Japan is is kind of hunkering down for two weeks, I think – Two to three weeks for most parts of the world will be a, um, a litmus test as to see how things go. I, I would tend to agree because at this point you have to – because it's odd. Some people have said that – or some agencies have reported that what they thought was the incubation period of two weeks is actually three. Others have claimed uh, there's been reinfections of people who've actually had it and, you know, in theory been cleared. So – it's still a bit of a mystery, this virus, as compared to most, uh, most I will say, with air quotes, common influenza viruses. All right. Well, folks, uh, tough to turn the page, but we do have uh, more to bring you here in the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. I'm sure um, as we uh, continue with our podcasts in the coming weeks, we'll have a better idea of how Japan is faring with this uh, new challenge as well as the rest of the world. But uh, we're going to take a commercial break right now, and uh, we're going to come back with our interview with Kesho Cho cosplay that we did just a few weeks ago. After the interview, Neff and I will return, and I will dig into my Buxu box from March. Thank you for listening. This is the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, and we'll be back in just a moment. This is the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We are now joined on the Google Hangouts line by somebody a lot of our Extreme Anime Radio listeners will know about. This is one of the cosplayers of Extreme Anime Radio mascot, Sarah Yoshida, and somebody whom I had the privilege of meeting in person for the first time a few months ago when I visited the UK. Everybody say hello to Kesho Cho Cosplay. Hello, Kesho Cho. Welcome. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> How are things in the south of England these days? A bit wet and windy, but otherwise good, thank you. Wet and windy is kind of like the typical weather, though, isn't it? It is. We've had a lot of uh, gale force winds, though, making it more unpleasant than usual, which is something we'd rather not have, but hopefully we'll pass soon. <laughs> I imagine so, yeah. Um, so, Kesho Cho Cosplay, a wonderful person. She and I were fortunate enough to meet up, as I said, in her home area of Brighton in East Sussex for the day during my uh, UK trip uh, last September. Uh, she showed me the greatest that Brighton has to offer. Uh, she saw me pilot a jumbo jet in the arcade in Brighton Pier, and I landed yes. it successfully. <laughs> you did, yes. <laughs> uh, we had a wonderful time on the pier, had proper British tea in a place called the Mock Turtle. Yes, that was really nice. First time I've been there as well. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, wow. And then uh, Mock Turtle, small but charming place near the sea, not too far away. Um, and then we went to uh, a place called Art Box Cafe. Oh, yes. That's so cool. Uh, that's a recent development in Brighton, and it's all based on the Senrio characters. And I believe they've just changed it from uh, the Pusheen theme to what will now be, I think, the Gudetama theme. 
that is correct from what I saw, actually. Yes, they Gudetama has now taken over the cafe until this summer. Yes. <laughs> Still need to go to that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a shame we couldn't you know sit down for like a cafe service, but we still had uh, some Pusheen themed uh, ice cream treats, if I recall correctly. Yes, they were very nice as well. <laughs> and then uh, we went around a few other places. Uh, we went to like a little shopping area. We went to a few uh, uh, comic book stores. We stumbled upon a Japanese store near the train station. Yeah, we did. That was a nice little wander through the lanes, and again, somewhere I've never been, and it was nice. It was nice to go somewhere new. Yes, and nice to have bring a little bit of the Japanese culture to both of us as we walked through Brighton uh, that day. And it was a lovely yes. day at that. It was. It was sun was shining. It couldn't have been better. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I believe uh, Kesho Cho, this is the third time or so that we've had you on extreme anime radio as a whole i think i interviewed you by yourself uh early last year and then not too long ago i had you on with emma cosplay life um but this is actually your first appearance on the quote-unquote podcast since we started yes. the podcast so um i know that there is a new audience that would <laughs> love to learn more about you and so i apologize in advance some of these questions might be a little repetitive but uh uh, why don't you just tell everybody uh, a little bit more about yourself, how you got interested in uh, Japanese culture and cosplay? Well, uh, I guess it all started in 2013 when I went to do my first Comic-Con in London. I went with two of my best friends at the time, and uh, we'd never been before. We went up for the Saturday, which is the, the, the second day of a three-day event, mm -hmm. and it just blew me away. First time I went, and I was like, I need to come back. Because there was so much to see in terms of uh, I'd never seen a cosplayer before. I had never experienced. They have uh, Japanese food stands and like ceramic stands, as well as all like the anime, manga, geekiness of it all. And that, I guess, was my induction to what I am today. <laughs> and that start everything for you as far as Japanese culture is concerned, uh, going to that event, basically? Yeah, I, I think so. Like, I was always sort of like interested in it uh in terms of like uh i read manga a couple of years previously for the first time mm. and i enjoyed like the style of that and the stories intrigued me um but to get to go to an actual event and like talk to people behind the stands about oh so you know what is this you're selling sort of thing like and they you know speak to you with so much information and it was just i, I loved getting to experience so much stuff that I didn't know for the first time, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay. So now you've been cosplaying, so then about seven years or eight years now, right? Yeah, about that. Because I started my first costume I actually bought at that convention. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, I bought uh, Yuki Cross from uh, Vampire Night. It was a costume being sold on one of the Tokyo toy stands, and it was the first manga I ever read, so I thought it was an appropriate one to get. Oh, wow. So... Um, in all years of cosplay, what do you think are some of the, your cosplays that stand out to you the most? Oh, gosh. Uh, there's a few. Um, two of my main ones, I would have to say, is Elsa from Frozen and Zelda from Legend of Zelda. Uh, Breath of the Wild, specifically. And mm. just because they were such 
big costumes for me and ones that I get probably the most attention for, but also I have such a connection to the characters, it makes them like double special. Oh, so go into a little bit about that. What, um, how do you feel you have a connection to Elsa? Uh, Elsa probably... Oh, this is going to sound really cliche now. <laughs> I connect with Elsa a lot, um, even more so now Frozen 2 is out, in terms of she is someone who used to hide behind social norms and mm. be someone she didn't necessarily want to be, but knew she had to be. Right. And... I can relate to that in a sense of when I was younger and like in school and college, I was very much like, you know, the reserved, you know, teacher's pet almost in terms of, you know, I always did my homework. I always showed up to class on time, if not earlier, right. <laughs> put in the extra hours for studying. And mm. um, I guess I always used to be very afraid to be me. And since learning about cosplay and something that is very much what was out my comfort zone, like, I connect with Elsa in the sense of I've grown to become my own person and just be me and not someone people want me to be. You mentioned that to me in a sense um, with one of your more recent Sarah cosplays that you did out uh, out near Brighton, right? Yeah. Um, oh, what was the last one I did as Sarah? I think it was the beach shoot. With, with Jaden Mitchell, right? Yes, yes, that was it with Jaden. I knew it was with someone I knew. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that oof, that was a whole other ballpark for me to do because I'm not one to, I guess, show off skin in mm. costumes. <laughs> it's not the way I want my costumes to go. But the images of Shara that have been drawn by some wonderful artists, and there was some lovely beach photos. And I happened to find uh, like a matching bikini and sarong, and I thought, actually, you know what? I'm gonna do it. Screw what people think. You know, let's let's just do it. And I was actually really proud of being able to have more body confidence to do something like that and to touch base then also about uh, the other character you mentioned zelda what do you uh, feel is your connection to zelda uh i have a bit of a, a family connection in terms of that my mum always played zelda when i was younger Aww. and when <laughs> yeah my mom actually introduced me to the Legend of Zelda franchise. Wow. She had it on her N64 and used to play it in the kitchen when I was like <laughs> three or four. And she told me a story recently that I used to come in and I was like, oh, what are you doing, mom? And she's like, oh, just watching a cartoon. Little did I know. <laughs> wow, you you are on a growing list of people I've interviewed for the podcast now You're mentioning uh, one or both parents is being having an influence on you in some way with regards to oh, really? this oh wow that's really interesting <laughs> but yeah my mom is definitely my influence in zelda she she roped me into it and now i haven't looked back <laughs> uh, um do you have any uh, specific uh cosplay plans for 2020 that you're willing to talk to us about sure um i am currently planning as you know a new sarah costume uh which i will be theming in like reds and blacks uh in reference to some older photos i did and it would be nice to get some some more of it like okay. properly done mm -hmm. uh i'm also working on a new uh disney princess alternative cosplay uh we are now mixing the disney princesses with dungeons and dragons oh no <laughs> yeah <laughs> but we've got basically I think we're now at 30 different people joining this theme. 
because everyone's just gone right i want this class i want this character i want this you know personality trait and it's gonna be awesome (laughs) oh no Uh, would you be able to tell us what you're doing or is that a secret no i will more than happily say i am doing princess anna but i am doing her as a tiefling bard (laughs) oh man (laughs) so i will be using body paint for the first time (laughs) that will be very interesting (laughs) Oh, wow. You a Dungeons & Dragons uh, fan yourself? As of the last couple of years, I am. I think I have to get into it because, you know, again, uh, several people interviewed on the podcast have mentioned Dungeons & Dragons to me now, yourself included. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so what would you is... what would you suggest for a beginner like myself? Because you know, I've heard of it, I've seen it in action, but I've never actually participated. Well, when I did my first campaign uh, a couple of years ago, I, like you, had no idea how to start. I was like, I have no idea what I want. Um, So uh, our dungeon master, who is actually a really good friend of mine, uh, helped me to create a, um, what was I? I was a half elf, half human, uh, because I didn't know what race I wanted to be. But again, I love Legend of Zelda. I wanted pointy ears. I thought that would be a cool place to start. (laughs) Um, but I also wanted them uh, to be a ranger because I wanted like the bow and arrow sort of aspect to my character. Because for me, in a fantasy sense, that's the character I choose, I mm. guess. And an attacking uh, and... sense with the bow and arrow. Yes, I thought it would be good fun. And uh, the other members of our campaign were all handheld swordsmen. So I thought it'd be good to have a distance uh, attacker as well in that sense. Okay. And as sorry, I was just going to say, like, as for backstory, though, like that was the hardest challenge for me, probably, because I had no idea what I wanted. So quite ingeniously, my dungeon master turned around and said, why don't you make them an amnesiac? (laughs) So they are basically coming up with my backstory as we go. And I'm as surprised as all the other people in my campaign when something happens. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) It's good fun, though. Like, it's very interesting. (laughs) And how many others do you participate with? Uh, there's five of us. So there's myself and three others as playable characters, and then our dungeon master. Okay. Well, very good, very good. I, I, I read somewhere there, actual, you know, after you get into Dungeons & Dragons, if you want to become like a, a, a dungeon master, there are actual manuals that will kind of help you do that. Because it seems like you need to have a little bit of acting to be a dungeon master. Yes, very much so. I have the player's handbook, which is for uh, a player over a dungeon master, and I still haven't read through all of it. I've tried to stick to the characters I have and learn all oh, their no. specific like traits and attributes, but as a dungeon master, especially um, the gentleman from my first campaign, uh, he is very much into the roleplay aspect of it as much as the combat, so whenever we go to a new place he's you know he lets our characters talk and interact with all these other characters and he must have like a list of like 20 30 people that he alone has control over oh boy yeah it it's a lot but it's really good how he makes them so unique but works so well with everyone else i don't know if i could go up that far as as a nameless goodness gracious (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how he thinks them all up. I found it hard to name one. <laughs> so we're here on the Extreme Anime Radio podcast talking to Kesho Cho Cosplay, which is just one of your uh, online monikers these days, Kesho Cho. So could you just talk to me a little bit about those new ventures? 
Sure. Um, so photography is something very new I've been doing alongside uh, my artwork, which I've been doing a little longer. Um, but recently I've been taking a lot more photos of my friends at conventions and meets, as well as uh, some of the Disney Princess Alternative cosplay photo shoots. Uh, it's been nice to work alongside uh, the people there because we like to do our photography sort of like in-house, so to speak, rather than hire people in. So where I've been doing more of that, I've been sharing it on my personal Facebook profile, but actually I wanted to make a page so that I guess for fun and for the people I shoot to be able to use their photos and have somewhere to go and find them. So if we're not friends on Facebook, they can have a link sort of thing. <laughs> All right. Do you, is there a specific uh, camera that you use uh, for your photos? Is there one that you attach yourself to? I do. I am a Canon in terms of preference. I know a lot of my friends use Nikon. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, but I do believe uh, my Canon is my favorite, and I believe my make at the moment is an E600. Don't quote me on that, though. <laughs> All right. I'm trying to think off the top of my head what my model is. <laughs> oh, no worries, no worries. But I know, yeah, Canon, Nikon are you know, kind of the big ones if you're going into professional photography for sure. Yeah, they're the main ones that people tend to use, and I actually took photography as an A-level, so... Okay. I, I was uh, inducted into all of the ways to use a camera professionally, I guess. <laughs> very nice, very nice. You should, uh, when you go to Japan one day, you'll have to put your photography skills to good use, I'm sure. Oh, definitely. I will 100% be taking many memory sticks whenever my trip is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I know this is something we've brought up in previous shows as well when we've had you on. Um, any specific places that you would like to visit in Japan uh, if and when you're able to finally go? Uh, I do believe I said this one the last time we spoke, but like you say to refresh new listeners, I would love to visit um, Akihabara. Yes. Mostly because of the shopping. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd also love to venture to more uh, rural areas. I'd love to go see some... uh, traditional temples and like shrines and things like that like as much as i want to do like the very touristy places i would also love for people to recommend like out there places to go so i'm not just getting like tokyo and the highlights of you know the middle of the city yeah it's exactly my point of view as well a lot of people who ask me about uh, japan travel because i have a blog um about yes. that um they're kind of like i just want to do the typical route and i'm like no you really don't want to do the typical route the typical route is tokyo to kyoto and back that's it (laughs) there's a lot much more to see out there than just those two places yeah i have a couple of friends that travel uh, every other year and i always see them post up such beautiful shrines and temples and all of these things that are so off the beaten track and there's no one else in the photos, so I know that it's somewhere quite special that they must have visited. I'll give you a suggestion really quick about Japanese sure. castles. Um, now, probably the most famous castle in all of Japan is Himeji Castle. It's one of the ah, original yes. castles in Japan. It's been around for hundreds of years. It's uh, pretty much a day trip from Kyoto or Osaka. Um, now, it is on my list on my next trip, just for the reason that I have been to Himeji Castle before. That was on my first trip in 2004. 
Oh, wow. But since then, the whole castle exterior has been um, renovated. And now the exterior looks amazing from the photos I've seen. Oh, my goodness. So just for that reason, I would want to go back. On the other hand, it is, as you say, one of the more kind of touristy places that a lot of people will want to visit. Um, two other locations that have original castles, in other words, castles that have not have been destroyed by fire or war over the centuries. I think in Japan there are only like 11 or 12. Um, but two others are actually to the east of Kyoto. Uh, one is called Hikone Castle, and it uh, has a wonderful overlook of uh, Lake Biwa, Biwako, uh, so you can get the nice, uh, cool breezes from up there. It's up high on a hill because uh, that's how the defenses were back then. And the castle is relatively small, but still, uh, you're at a nice vantage point and uh, you can enjoy uh, everything that castle has to offer. And I would also recommend Inuyama Castle near Nagoya, which is another original castle and was privately owned for... Um, Many years, even after you know the area, the period of restoration in Japan, I think it wasn't until like uh, very recently that uh, the last family that owned the that castle turned it over to the government uh, to become a tourist uh, location. So, wow, that's really interesting. So he I know I'll be watching your Japan trips again. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, Hikone and Inuyama, and in fact, I've been in touch with somebody in Inuyama lately uh, that I'll probably be visiting on my next trip whenever that happens. Well, I'll be sure to be watching your blog while you post everything up about it. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. So, uh, yeah, we each got our plans for our our next trips. My next trip, your first trip, and I'm sure you're going to have a blast when you go there. Thank you. I hope we can go soon. Well, Kesho Cho, uh, this has been an amazing time speaking with you again. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say to our podcast listeners as we wrap up this interview? Uh, I would just like to say thank you to everyone who's tuning in and enjoying the podcast so far. It's always a pleasure to come on the radio to speak with your lovely host, Jose, and to be a part of the Sarah Cosplayers across the world now. It's been a big part of my life, and I'm thrilled to still be here enjoying it all. So thank you for tuning in. (laughs) We really appreciate your help uh, over these last few years that you've been helping, and uh, thank you for your friendship as well. And uh, I wish you all the best of luck uh, with your Sarah cosplays and all the cosplays that come up for you in 2020. Thank you very much. I look forward to sharing them all with you. Very good. And if you would like to follow... Kesha Cho Cosplay, uh, she has a lot of uh, homes on social media, but if you want to find her on Instagram, she is at um, it's Kesha underscore Cho underscore Cosplay, am I correct? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> so that's spelled K-E-S-S-H-O underscore C-H-O underscore Cosplay. <sighs> <laughs> Sorry, it's a bit of a mouthful. No worries. <laughs> Kesho Cho Cosplay, thank you again for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. And we'll be right back here on the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast. Welcome back to the Extreme Anime Radio Podcast, powered by Anchor. Nef Kanuck and JR joining you live on the air here on March 2nd. 
And uh, Kesho Cho, she is certainly one of the most dedicated of the Sari Yoshida cosplayers, and it was a thrill to interview her on the podcast and uh, also a privilege to meet her for the day out in Brighton. We had a wonderful time out there. Oh, it sounded like yeah, you were having a wonderful conversation, and uh, that would be something to do, go out to that, that part of the world when it's safe to do so. Oh, yes. Uh, hey, but I tell you, Brighton, very photogenic area, no matter what time of the year it is, basically. Lovely uh, seaside, uh, lovely homes as well, a very nice and unique atmosphere. Hmm, sounds absolutely intriguing. I must put that on my bucket list. Definitely. And it's also a nice day trip from London. Uh, if you're staying over in London, uh, you could just hop down on the train. You can get there in about, uh, what, uh, an hour or so, more or less, depending on how you get there by train. But, uh, yeah, very, very convenient uh, for a day trip. Hmm. Uh, when you said how you get there by train, I'm going, what, does the Hogwarts Express go down there? <laughs> <laughs> but, no, there are a few stations uh, that you can uh, use to get out to Brighton because London has about, oh, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but they have many different stations all around the center of London. So you have, uh, what, you have Euston that goes up to Glasgow, King's Cross goes up to Edinburgh. Um, the main station uh, for the trains that go to Brighton is Victoria, but there are also trains that leave from St. Pancras, which is also the Eurostar station, there is a deep-level train system at St. Pancras called uh, Thameslink, or actually the actual pronunciation is Thameslink for the river Thames. I want to get that right. But yes. uh, they, have, uh, they had uh, reasonably priced day passes on the Thameslink if you take one of their trains down to Brighton. It takes a little longer because it, it kind of takes a bit of a circular route around uh, London until it takes you down over to the main line. But uh, one of the fascinating things that I looked up is that I was able to uh, go back to my hotel in London in first class for free. Nice. And the reason is that um, the Thameslink trains have first class cabins like on one section of the train and also in the back. But mm -hmm. only uh, the front of the train is classified as first-class seats. The rear of the train, the first-class seats are what are called declassified. And that means they don't enforce uh, first-class payments for those seats. So I was able uh. to take the first-class seats for the price of coach. Oh, very nice. That's a nice little trip. Or a nice little tick, uh, a nice little uh, brain. Oh, God. Sorry, my brain just decided to stop there. <laughs> a nice <sighs> little tip. Yes, quite. That, that's, thank you. That was the word I was looking for. <laughs> well, it's nice and convenient to have your own uh, seat, which just, you know, has a, your own table. And most important for me, after spending a wonderful day with Keshocho, power ports to charge your phone. I was going to say, yeah, that that's the important part in a first-class seat, charging up your electronic gizmos after a day. <laughs> but, uh, no, I definitely have to go back to the U.K. and to uh, Brighton one day. Had such a wonderful time uh, in all the areas I visited in the U.K., including Brighton and Scotland and Yorkshire. 
So uh, definitely on my list to return. If for some reason I'm unable to go to Japan this year, uh, who knows? Maybe I'll go back to Europe. Hmm. Wouldn't be a bad idea. You know, I mean, whether you go to the UK or you venture into Vive la France or maybe even Germany or Switzerland. Mm. If you go to Switzerland, remember, they have three official languages, a fourth that's kind of official. And most people do speak a very interesting version of English. Uh-oh. So what is it? English, Swiss German, and German? Are those? No. No, the official languages are uh, Swiss German, Italian, French, and Romanche, which is a version of Latin that they're trying to keep alive. Okay. But it's basically on life support at this point. I see. Yeah. And the English they speak there is this weird combination of the UK English and something I swear to God they've picked up from the American nightly newscasts. I don't understand it. <laughs> it's like, what? Oh, boy. Well, uh, let's see where we are right now. Oh, we're uh, It's getting a little late in the podcast, so... It's time for the good old taste test. And um, if you're in the chat room on the live stream right now, I've given you a heads up to look for a uh, poll that I'm going to ask live on the air right now. Uh, I want to thank all of our uh, chat room people for joining us on uh, tonight's show. And I want you to post your answer to this question uh, here in the chat room right now. So, in my box, I have certain snacks that I'm going to try. The ones that Neff Canuck, I showed him whatever was left of my box. And he's like, what's that? So, that's what I'm going to have in just a moment. But I also have some items here that uh, I'm going to ask uh, by color. Should I uh, have, in addition to what Neff would like me to taste, what's in the blue bag the red bag or the silver bag? Red, blue, or silver? Which bag should I open? Please let me know in the chat room right now. And no, Flax, we cannot have an Extreme Anime Radio podcast episode in French. That will be all Neff, I'm afraid, whatever French he knows. And uh, I'll say it this way. I know enough French to get deported, slapped, or follow a hockey game. That's about it. <laughs> So while the people in the chat room are voting, we're going to try this thing that stuck out in the um, in the box. Remember, the theme is mochi madness. So everything mochi, uh, a lot of dango flavors in there. They had some wonderful orange mochi and peach mochi. The peach mochi was extremely soft. The orange mochi had bits of edible orange peel inside the mochi. Okay, that that sounds interesting. Edible orange peel. I've I can't remember the last time I ate any part of an orange peel and didn't immediately go <laughs> or something that feels that way. Okay, that's probably closer to what it is because I'm just going like I said. No, there's never been a part of an orange peel that I haven't gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, he saw this and uh saw the logo of Nissan on it. Yes, that Nissan that makes the instant noodles. Yeah, because I'm like, wait a minute. Instant, what was it, an instant noodle snack? What the heck? No, this, these are actually cookies. These are Nissan coconut sable cookies. And uh, it is a four-grain cookie. Uh, 
And uh, I will uh, read to you the description from Boxu. Uh, this crisp and buttery cracker features four grains, uh, including Barley Max from Australia, Mochi Barley, Rye, and Coconut. And then it is uh, sprinkled with sugar for the sweetness. Interesting combination there. So I'm going to open this bag now and give it a taste. Very nice smell when you open it. Uh, Just a hint of the coconut smell. Oh, and these are itty-bitty as well. These would be perfect to snack on uh, maybe one day. So uh, let's see. It looks like a cracker. Almost like a rectangular Ritz cracker, but with plenty of sugar. So we're going to give this a shot and see how it tastes. Mmm, tasty, tasty. Mmm. What what do you taste more of, the sugar or the coconut? I would say the biscuit in general over the ah, coconut and the sugar. Well, that's always a good sign. Now, if I eat it this way, now that might be a better way to eat it. I just ate it with the sugar down aiming towards my tongue. Mm-hmm. This way, now you can taste a little bit more of the flavor. I'm going to give this a yay, because this is uh, easily something that I could snack on later tonight. So, uh, nice like recommendation, it. Neff. Oh, there we go. Now, speaking of recommendations, in the chat room, the majority seem to have gone with the color of your shirt without having to know what your what color of your shirt was. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm the only one that does. Yes. Blue is the winner in the chat room. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, pull the blue bag and see what this is. Sugi Motoya, Puru Mochi. And I look at the bag and they're like mochi blocks. So Mochi blocks. Now, when you say blocks, are we talking like literal, like they look like building blocks type of thing? Yeah, well, you take well, you take a look for yourself here. I'll aim it to the camera. Okay. Okay, cute little character blocks. That could be frightening. <laughs> so, let's see here. Um, what I have here is the Purumochi yogurt flavor. Yogurt? In mochi? Oh, boy. Hmm, interesting. This is from Sugimotoya Seika. This is from Aichi, so home of Nagoya. Tangy and sweet gummy is a delight for the taste buds. Refreshing yogurt flavor is an unexpected success, pairing nicely with the luxurious smooth texture of the gummy. The gummy is fortified with mochi rice. We recommend trying this gummy slightly chilled. Oh, well. <laughs> Well, nice then, of them to tell you that before the... Uh, well, in that case, I'm just going to try one of these, and I will try the rest of them chilled later. Let's see. Oh, no, they're individually wrapped. That's that's a good thing. Mm. So, this is the room temperature Purumochi. And again, it has uh, something you'd find on mochi or dangos. You just have the powdery texture on the outside. Mm. Otherwise, the whole thing would stick to your fingers. The flavor reminds me a little bit of sports drinks 
and it's not too bad. But it has yogurt. Yeah. <laughs> it reminds... Huh? It's, it's a very interesting taste, and because of the consistency, I can understand why they would want to recommend it served chilled. Ah, so in other words, you think if it was chilled, the texture would be more... Probably. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, in more of the um, the texture would be better to, to eat, I would let's say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as opposed to basically, I, I, I hate to use the term, but maybe slithering down your tongue at this point, probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's getting there. So um, I'm also going to give this a yay. I think by itself it isn't too bad at all. And it kind of reminds me of some of the flavors I'm used to from some of the drinks I've had from Japan. Uh, but I think uh, we'll have to reserve judgment uh, for the actual tasting conditions, so to speak. Uh, let me see. I am going to go with, uh, let's see, some something else here. What was the, uh, what was the second? Do we have uh, something that came in in second place? I saw one. Uh, the only, one the only other silver, color right? I saw was silver, yeah. Okay. So we're gonna. I'm gonna try uh, one of these snacks in the silver bag, and then that will be it for tonight, I think. So this is a snack that was designed by Boxu, and it's Ajimai Senbei. So these are kind of like uh, Senbei, kind of like crackers, and um, they come in uh, several flavors. Um, the thin crackers are flavored with burdock, according to the description which is a type of fish, I believe. And they Mm. come in um, seaweed, shrimp, soy sauce, and red chili and white sesame. So a lot of different flavors in here. Ooh. Hmm. You open open the bag, and it's exploding with some nice umami flavor, I think. So let me... What's the first thing that hits your nose? Um, A little bit of the... Not too much of a fish smell. uh, You know, uh, just a subtle... Burdock smell, I think, in there with mm-hmm. the crackers. Um, okay. But then again, they're all all the crackers are four different varieties. Because again, um, seaweed crackers, shrimp crackers, soy sauce crackers, and chili and sesame crackers. So I think all those flavors are kind of exploding in your nose, which is pretty good. Okay. Uh-huh. So we have uh, what? Which ones did I have? The soy sauce. I'm gonna try the soy sauce first. I believe this is. And it's going to be crunchy. Very nice. And then this is the shrimp. Very well designed and uh, nice and crunchy. And um, again, it's a combination of you smelling the flavors out of the bag and the flavors hitting you uh, soon after you taste it. So I'm going to have to give this one a yay as well. Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try to look in here. We'll tr- I'll try this. Yeah, I just had the um, the red chili. Well, the red chili has a bit of a kick. Well, one one would hope so. I mean, red chili, by definition, in theory, should have a bit of a kick. <laughs> and uh, well, there are a few more of these in here. I'm not going to dig through these all, otherwise uh, my um, hands will get dirty. So, um, so yes, um, yes, it's uh, a nice box for the month, and. Um, I look in the back, they do a preview of next month's box, and I see cherry blossoms. So we all know that time of the year is coming. We hope. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, around here in these neck of the woods, I think it might be already here. Unless, uh, you know, uh, what you said earlier, somebody decides to pull something fast on us. Yes, I'll I'll just give you an example quickly of what Mother Nature intends for us. Uh, Let's see. Three degrees in rain tomorrow. Four degrees and flurries. Four degrees and snow. Friday, a mix of rain and snow. Okay. There goes any thought of washing the car. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be done for you. Yeah, except the problem is the, the, the stuff that comes up from the, the street onto the car turns the car from a lovely shade of black to a lovely shade of gray. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, yuck. Well, uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, tonight's podcast. Um, we do have a plan for the rest of the month of March. Uh, the plan is that uh, we are hoping to bring you two more podcasts this month, uh, next week and the following week. Uh, so we're looking at um, another podcast uh, live show next week, uh, and then another one the following week, and then um, no live shows for two weeks. Uh, towards the end of March, we are going to bring you the um, ballet cosplay safety show that we've been planning for several months with a lot of the Sarah Yoshida cosplayers, um, including some footage from Kesho Cho, um, that we did not air tonight. Uh, we will be airing on that special show, and we're planning that now for late March uh, with uh, the way our schedules are looking right now. So again, the next two weeks we will have uh, live shows, and then um, we will uh, step back from doing live shows uh, two weeks after that. Uh, we will keep you posted on all the developments on social media. Uh, and uh, I'm sure Neff will be able to go over all of those social media outlets right now as we do the closing commentary. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, we have multiple ways to do so. We, of course, have our uh, Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash anime radio. You can hit us up on Twitter at anime radio or twitter.com forward slash anime radio. And we're on Instagram at extreme anime radio. But if you want to shoot us an email, we're at extreme anime radio at gmail.com. If you have any questions, concerns, compliments, or complaints about what you've heard on this podcast, um, and thank you, JR, I just lost my mind. Or anything you have heard on the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Thank you. Like I said, I just lost my mind. <laughs> and once again, if you want to look up Kesho Cho Cosplay, she is at Kesho underscore Cho underscore Cosplay. K-E-S-S-H-O underscore C-H-O underscore cosplay. And uh, she has a number of uh, art and photo projects going on as well, in addition uh, to her cosplay. Uh, So you can look up all those details by following her on her Instagram account. And uh, she mentioned she does have uh, a new Sarah cosplay in the works which uh, hopefully everybody will get to see uh, maybe later this month. So um, we're super excited. New uh, Sarah cosplay photos that will help promote the Extreme Anime Radio podcast. Okay, so uh, that will do it for tonight's show. Uh, We will probably post something on social media over the weekend or so. 
that will announce when our next uh, live stream is going to be. It will probably be either Wednesday or Thursday of next week. Um, but we will announce a specific date probably over the weekend coming up. So, again, uh, please follow us on social media for all of the updates. And uh, I'm going to just keep these snacks to myself uh, as we close the show. Oh, I will mention also Boxu. If you are interested in Boxu, uh, they are at bokksu.com. You can uh, go into their news updates there and uh, look at all the snacks they included in their March box. Um, I believe they have a blog post about a lot of that. And if you want to sign up for any subscriptions like I do, uh, you can uh, just contact us, extremeanimeradio at gmail.com or private message us on Facebook or on Instagram. I do have a friend code, and if you would like to save a little bit on your first box uh, with the purchase of a subscription, then be sure to um, let me know, and I will give you my friend code for a Boxu box. So we all win in that regard, and you can enjoy all these wonderful snacks that I'm trying on the air. Okay, we appreciate you listening tonight. Thank you for joining us. For Neff, I'm JR. And always remember, keep on listening to the Extreme on Radio podcast. Catch you next time. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Bye.